Uh, we can start making our way back to our seats. I want to welcome you again to City Light Church. Uh, we are a church that exists to seeing all people know, love, and follow after Jesus. And I'm so thankful uh, just for, for Jeremiah and the team leading us in worship this afternoon. Such a blessing to be able to gather together as the people of God. And as John was communicating the, the policy for, for COVID, um, as, as leadership met, just want you to know that the heart of that meeting was all about loving our congregation well. And so, uh, if you remember right now, we have the Coddles who are traveling, but also the Shanks. And uh, also, Anna Constable still in quarantine. So just, just remember them in your prayers. Just pray for them as they come back, as they travel, as they quarantine. It's not an easy time. And so we're, we're, we're excited to be able to have them back as they join us for worship. Alright, if you have your Bibles or your phone or your tablet, we're going to uh, be in 1 John chapter 2. I invite you to turn there with me. First John chapter 2 verses 3 through 6. And here at City Light, we stand for the reading of the Word of God, so I invite you to stand. Let's read this together. We're going to read it first in Chinese and then we'll read it in English. Alright, let's read first in Chinese. 凡是遵守他的道的，他爱神的心，就一切在他里面完全了。这样我们就知道我们是在神里面了。凡说自己是住在他里面的，就应该照着他所行的去行。Alright, this is how we know that we know him. If we keep his commands, the one who says I have come to know him and yet doesn't keep his commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly in him the love of God is made complete. Uh, this is how we know we are in him. It says he remains in him, should walk just as he walked. Before you sit, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your word. May we believe and, and we are expecting God to hear from you as you speak to us through your word. We ask that you, Holy Spirit, would communicate to us and again the good news of who Jesus is. And that we be changed as we leave this place together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's be seated. 
You know, when, I, when, I was, when I was growing up, um, there, there was a time, there was a, a guy that my aunt was dating. And the guy that she was dating, he, he was incredibly great. He was funny, he was kind. I really liked him. I thought he was one of the coolest guys I've met. Um, and it seemed like him and my aunt had this really great relationship. They had a lot of fun together. And I remember one day, uh, he, he and my aunt drove up into our driveway with this brand new car. We thought buying a car together, that's pretty serious. Sure enough, I, I, we were sure that a couple days later this guy was going to propose to her. Uh, the next day we get a phone call from my aunt. And she had told us that this guy had stolen the car, taken money, and left town, never to be seen again. I mean, we were crushed. We, we really thought this guy was the real deal. Um, that he was becoming a part of the family, he said all the right things, he played the part. But at the end, it turns out he was just a fraud. He was not authentic. You know, we all want the real deal, don't we? We all want authenticity. You know, in a world where we have to deal with fake news, people are searching for authenticity, for what is real. You, you have people that will pay thousands of dollars to take a trip up into the mountains. And they'll have people take their phones away for that week. So they can get back in touch with reality. What is real? We don't like fakeness. And when it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to Christianity, what is authentic Christianity? What does it mean to really follow Jesus? Is it just saying the right words like my aunt's boyfriend did? Maybe you're here and you're wondering, how do I know that I really know God? The scripture that we just read, John, gives us a very clear case for how we can know that we really know God. And so here's the big idea of the scripture that we're going to look at this afternoon. The big idea is that our obedience to Christ is evidence of our union or of our relationship with Christ. That obedience to Christ 
所以对耶稣的顺服, is evidence or fruit that we know Christ. Now, the book of 1 John, John is writing to a church that is struggling to know what authentic Christianity is. People are claiming to know God, but then they would go and teach and live the very lives that were against the teaching of Christ. Even today, people might claim that they know God because they've had a spiritual experience. Maybe they've had a dream. Maybe they've had a vision. Uh, but John is going to give a very clear case, a very clear way for us to see how we actually know if we know God. If you look at chapter 2, verse 3, John begins and he says, This is how we know that we know. This is, all we, this is what we want to know. How can we be sure that we know God? This is how John starts out. He says, This is how we know that we know Him. If we keep his commands. So John says, okay, the way that you know if you really know God is if you keep his commands. This word keep, if you want to circle it, you want to make note, it means to guard or to, to see something as precious. It means that we look at the words of Christ, we look at the word of God, and, and we guard them, we delight in His word. Uh, this, this word keep is also active, so it means it's not just a one-time thing, but we continue to do it. And so John says, a person who continually delights and is guarding and is keeping the word of God, that's a sign that this person truly knows God. When you think about the commands that John mentions here, there's a couple things that John wants us to see. When he's talking about the commands of Christ, he's, he's thinking about two things specifically. The first one is, if you look at the book of 1 John, it's all about Jesus' command to love each other as he loved us. And so that's one interpretation of when it says commands, it's referring to Jesus' command for us to love each other as God loves us. But the other thing that John has in mind here is just the, the totality of the teachings of Jesus that we see in the Gospels and that we see the apostles preaching in the book of Acts. And so John says, okay, if you really know God, evidence of that would be that you delight, that you see the teachings of Jesus as precious. What John does not mean, and this is important for us to hear, 
约翰，呃，他讲了什什么不是认识神呢？He does not mean that if you keep the commands of God perfectly, that you know God. 他并不是只说，如果我们能够完完全全的遵守这些诫命，就代表我们认识神。Notice if you look at the verse, he doesn't say if you obey God, then you know God. 他并不是说，如果你照着这样子去行，完全的行，你就是认识神。He says if we know God, the evidence or the fruit of that is obedience. 而他是说的是，当我们认识神所带出来的这个果子，就是我会遵行。and so what John is saying is if you are looking at this scripture and we're looking for a perfect person who has ever completely followed the will of God, there's only one person who's ever done that. That's Jesus. So John is not saying what he's looking for is perfect obedience. But what he is saying is that if you look at a timeline of, of, of my life or of your life if you're a Christian, you would not see perfection, but you should see this growing pattern, right? This, this progression of obeying. Of, of giving, of, of bearing fruit in obedience to Christ. And so John says, this is how you know that you know God. There's fruit of obedience in your life to His Word. Now just as important, John continues, and he says, this is how we know we don't know him. Verse 4. The one who says, I have come to know him and yet doesn't keep his commands is a liar. John says that it is possible for us to proclaim something that we do not have. So, 也就是约翰说，我们可以去讲一套，可是我们行出来是另外一套。And the truth is that people in this culture, they were going around and they were proclaiming that they knew Jesus, that they were Christians.在现今当中，我们有认识，我们也知道很多人，他可能自己讲自己是基督徒。But they lived their lives directly against the teachings of Jesus.但是他们的生命所活出来的，就是违反耶稣的教导。They began to say that the commands of Christ weren't important at all. And so maybe you've seen people, maybe you've watched movies, and you've seen people who, who profess to, to be Christians, but their lives look nothing like the teachings of Christ. And you know, I think we have a huge problem in the West, maybe not so much here in Taiwan, but we have a huge problem in the West. That we have a whole culture of people who, who profess to be Christians, but have no interest in obeying Christ. Just two weeks ago, we had a, we had a group of people and they and they identify as being racist. They they say that they're a racist group. And they were marching towards uh, the U.S. Capitol. 
And they stopped. And what did they stop to do? To kneel and pray in the name of Jesus. And what John would say, it doesn't matter what their banners say, doesn't matter what they say with their mouth, that doesn't matter if they say that they're Christians, John would say that their lives are telling you that they are liars. That this is not just a political opinion, but this is advocating something that Jesus hates. And so as we look at this, we want, we want to make it clear that John is not talking about a moment of sin or a moment of weakness that we have as Christians. John already said that we're going to sin as Christians and that's why Jesus saves. But he says this is a heart posture that says, I proclaim to be a Christian. I know what Christ says about this, but I have no intention of obeying what he says. John says that that person no matter what they say, John said that they're shown to be a liar. Now I know this does not sound loving, right? But if you look at the book of 1 John, the word love is actually repeated 46 times. You know, I've told this story before, but when Allison and I first started dating, and, and she told me that if I wanted to marry her, I better grow up and get serious. That was the most loving thing she could have told me. And, and John here, it's his pastoral heart that's saying, listen, if you really think that you know God, I want you to be sure, I want you to be confident that you know that you know him. Verse 4, John says, not only are, are, are they lying, but John continues to say that people who do not keep the commands of Christ, he says the truth is not in them. The word truth here can mean the gospel, the message of Jesus. If you look at Romans chapter 1, Paul tells us that the gospel is the power of God. We believe that the gospel has power. And so what Paul is saying is that when we believe and receive the gospel, there's power in that message. And so Christians for many centuries, like our history of Christianity, they called the gospel a working word. And what that means is that when you believe in Christ and receive the gospel, it's like a seed full of life. That bears fruit. So John says here, 
所以约翰这边说, if there's no fruit, you've not believed the word. Look, look with me at John 15, um, The Gospel of John 15, says, My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. 福音书五章第八节这边讲说，你们结出很多果子，我父因此就得荣耀。That God's word received by faith will produce fruit.也就是说，这个以信心去承受的这个道会结出果子。And so John says, for those who proclaim to be Christians，也就是说，如果你是呃自己说你是基督徒，but you have no desire in obeying the words of Christ，可是你对顺从神没有任何的渴望。John says, not only are, are, are they liars, but the gospel, the truth is not in them as well. And so let's, let's step back just for a minute. Let's recap what John just says. He says, this is how we know that we know Jesus. If we desire to guard, to keep, to obey the words of Christ. However, this is how we know we do not know. If we have no desire to obey the commands of Christ, and this is important, because what John is saying is uh, the world will often say, hey, I know God and I'm okay with Jesus. But it can often look like bending God's word to fit their desires. And what John puts before us, that if we truly know God, even though I have a tendency to bend God's word to fit my desire, that if I truly know God, my desire will to bend myself under the word of God, that his word would have ultimate authority in my life. Imagine you're driving a car. And while you're driving the car, uh, you get to make all the decisions, right? Where you turn, how fast you go, right? uh, uh, where you get to go. And your spouse or your friend sitting in the passenger seat, they can give you advice, make suggestions, provide conversation, you might even let them choose what music you listen to. But they're not driving the car. And, and I think that this is what people think Christianity is sometimes. That I can control my life and do what I want to and Jesus just sits right next to me right here in the passenger seat. He gives me advice. He talks to me. He makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> but that is not how John describes someone that truly knows God. He says that a person who truly knows Jesus takes their hands off the steering wheel, gets out of the car, 
surrenders to Jesus. Jesus is driving that car. And so I have to ask you, is, is Jesus driving your car? Is he driving your life? Or are you driving? And Jesus is just in your passenger seat. Because John says, it's our obedience to Christ that is evidence of our relationship with Christ. If we continue through the through the text in verse five, John says, "Whoever keeps his word, truly in him the love of God is made complete." And, and I want us to sit here just for a second because this is really important for us to hear. What John is saying is that obedience to Christ is not just evidence of our love for God, that we know God, but it's also evidence of His love working in us. This phrase, the love of God in verse 5, um, it can either mean our love for God, or His love for us. I think the Chinese actually says this person's love for God. And while I think both are true, I think John is really wanting us to focus on God's love working in us. And so two other times, when you, when you look at what he says here, that the love of God is made complete. Two other times in the book of 1 John, he uses this phrase, made complete. So let's see what it says. 1 John 4.12, he says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete. Another verse that says that God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. In this, love is made complete. Now this word made complete, it means that something has reached its goal. It's the Greek word telos, it's where we get that word, goal. And, and all of us have goals, right? I'm sure a lot of us do. Maybe some of us made new goals this past year, coming into the new year. You know, whenever you go on vacation, you probably have a goal of what you'd like to do and, and, and where you'd like to go. Whenever you start a project, you have a goal about what you want to accomplish. And that goal basically defines and shapes the entire process. And here's John's point. And I really want us to hear this. That God's love in your life, working in your life, has a goal. 
That God's love working in you is working towards something. And John says the goal is actually him making you and me more and more and more like his son. That God's love working in your life is shaping you and, and making you through obedience to his commands to look more and more like Jesus. And so this is important for us. Because as Christians, we all know that we do not perfectly obey God's word, right? So what John is saying is that when actually we resist God's word or we resist his discipline in our life, we're not just resisting his word. We're actually resisting his love as well. That the Father, God's heart, is to shape you through His commands, through His directions, out of His love, so that we would look more and more like Jesus. You know, if you can imagine an artist, and as they make a sculpture, they have to chip away at certain areas. Right? They have to, they have to you know, create certain boundaries of the sculpture. And all the work that they do is out of this love, the artist's love as they make the sculpture. And church, that's what John says God's love is doing in your life right now if you're a Christian. That John says it's not just it's not only the truth of God, the gospel working in you, but it's also his love working in you. So where is his love just chipping away right now at your heart? You know, where is his love just calling you and me to obey? Calling us to change. John says, instead of resisting that, we should rejoice in that. Because it's evidence of his love working in us. And I know that it's really difficult at times. It's really hard to believe that even through the pain and the suffering that God's love could be working in our lives. But when God is asking you to obey His word, to obey His commands, even if you think, man, this is actually going to take away joy from my life, John is saying, do you trust him as a loving father wanting to make something out of your life that would look like Jesus? Now this is important. This is really important for us to hear. 
You know, we talk about wanting to see all people know, love, and follow Jesus. How many guys know that it's so easy to stop at know and love? I think our culture usually just stops at know and love. If you know me, you must love me, accept me, affirm of everything that I do. And while the gospel does that, while the gospel does uh, love us and, and calls us into the acceptance of God, I mean, Scott preached on this last week that the amazing grace of Christ that accepts us even though we're sinners. God's love does something even more. And this is something we need here because God's love is not just affirmation. It is also transformation. That God's love is not just, hey, I love you, I accept you. But God's love is so powerful that it also will change you. So John says the love that saves us is the love that changes us. The love that saved you is the same love that is working in you to change you. That when we trust in Christ, His love works in us and empowers us to be able to obey His commands. Because John says our obedience to Christ is evidence of our relationship to Christ. Finally, finally, John continues and says, This is how we know that we are in him. If you look at verse 5 and 6, he says, The one who remains in him should walk just as he walked. If you look at your Bible, whenever John uses this phrase, in him, He's referring to being abiding in Jesus, having fellowship with Jesus. So if you look at John 15, 4-5, Jesus says, Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. 你们要住在我里面，我也就住在你们里面。枝子若不连在葡萄树上，你们啊，自己就不能结果子。你们若不住在我里面，也是这样。So what Jesus is saying，耶稣说的是，and what John is saying，使徒约翰讲的是，is that if we say we are abiding in Christ, if you and I proclaim that we are have fellowship with Christ，如果我们跟耶稣是有连结、有团契的，that our lives。should actually look like Jesus' life. We should walk in the way that he walked. You know, people who, who climb Mount Everest, I love looking at videos and documentaries about rock climbing. Even though I'm pretty scared of heights. 
But if you if you look at people who climb Mount Everest, you know they can't do it alone. And have these guides called Sherpas, right? And as you as you walk, as you watch people walk up the mountain, they're following this little guy called a Sherpa. And every step the Sherpa takes. Everybody else, they're, they're taking the same step. Right, every step, every move is important. And they're imitating this, this man, this guide, the way that he walks. They're imitating him. And what John is saying is, does your life imitate Christ? That at the end of the day, does my life, can people look at my life and can they say, man, I, I can see Jesus there. Not perfectly. But does my life resemble the way of Christ, the way in which he lived, the way in which he served, the way in which he loved? When John talks about walking in the way that Jesus walked, there's one thing specifically that John is talking about in this context. He says that the way that Jesus walked, he's talking about the way that Jesus loved. If you look at this chapter, this is all about the way that we love each other, the way that which Jesus loved. And so notice here, the Bible does not say, if you truly know God, you, you'll have the biggest church. John doesn't say, if, if you truly know God, you're going to lead the most people to Christ. No, God says, if we know Him, if we abide in Him, if we are fellowshipping with Him, He says that we will love like Him. We will serve like him. And the question that John asks is, does our love look like the love of Christ? And remember, this is something that we cannot do on our own. The ability to live the Christian life is not possible apart from Christ. So what John says is, in order to be like Jesus, we must first believe in Jesus. So this is what it means to follow Jesus. When we talk about seeing everybody know, love, and follow Jesus, what we're saying is that to follow Jesus means to obey Him through the power of the Spirit so that we might look more and more like Him. We're not trying to be Him. Right? Unlike Buddhism, we believe that there's only one Christ, only one Savior, only one Lord. We're not trying to be equal to him. We're not trying to replace him. 
也不是要代替他, but we're called to reflect him 而是去, 呃, 反射, to the world around us. 呃, 让世界知道, and this, this is the hour, church. This is really the time that, that God has called us to do this. 现在真的是这个, 这个时刻大, I was talking to a friend in the States over this past week. And, and he's just talking about just the chaos that he experiences as a Christian leader in America right now. And he says this, and I thought this really, really struck out, this really stuck out to me when he said this. He said, this is a choose this day who you will follow moment. That this is the hour. 这个就是现在就是 Christ calls us to live in generosity. And finally, when the world says to live for yourself above all things, Christ calls us to live for him above all things and to love each other. Scripture says it's our obedience to Christ. That's evidence of our relationship to Christ. Let's stand. As we respond to the word, ask the worship team to come up here. And I really believe this message is important for us. I think it's important for a couple of reasons. Number one, there may be some of us here who are professing something that we just do not have. That you're not living um, according to the word of God and you really have no desire to. And the most loving thing that God can do for us in that moment is to hold His word up like a mirror and show us what we need. And realize that you do not just try to, you do not need to just try and live a better life. What you need is God's saving grace. That there is no other God who will say, I will save you. I will accept you. And I will continue to change you. Like we said before, in order to be like Jesus, you must first believe in Jesus. The second, the second reason why this is important is that you may be here and you're wrestling with this just lack of assurance or confidence that you know Christ. And it could be because of, of sin in your life or mistakes or failures. 
you might even hear this lie. That you're a fraud, you're a fake, and you're going to be found out. I've heard that before. And what John is is asking for you to do, what John is calling us to do. He's saying God is not asking for complete and perfect obedience. That's not what He's saying here. There's only one person who's done that. But He's asking you to look at your heart and answer these questions. Have you repented and trusted in Christ? Do you desire to obey God's word? Do you see moments of obedience in your life to Christ? And if the answer is yes to that, John is saying you can be assured, you can be confident. Not only do you know Christ, but Christ knows you. Church, this is what we're praying for. This is the move of the Spirit of God that we're asking for. And that we would see many people know Jesus, love Jesus, but ultimately, through obedience to Him, look more and more like Him to the world, to Linko, to Taiwan. Let's pray together. You know, this is not something we normally do. But if you're here this afternoon, and, and, and you know that you don't know Christ, but you know that you'd love to, to receive the gospel, to receive the love that we talked about, to trust in Him. If, if you're here today and you want to do that, I just want, I'll just ask you to raise your hand. For the rest of us, maybe we just need to be reminded of the gospel. That we're not saved through our obedience. We're saved through Christ's obedience. And so as we take communion together, let's be reminded that the gospel of Jesus not only saves us, but continues to change us. And so, as we continue to worship, I invite you, if you're a baptized believer in Christ, to come and take communion. But we'll have uh, deacons and elders over here where John is standing back there. If you